Hello again, I'm Alan Weiss with The Uncomfortable Truth. You know, I have a Union and Confederate chess set. That's right. Uh, the Union uh, is in dark blue, so they would be the dark players, and the uh, Confederates are in light gray, so they would be the white pieces. Usually play with white and black in chess. And it's a lovely set. <clears throat> of course, what do I do now in these times of tearing down statues and erasing memories and renaming things? I don't know. Do I take the uh, Confederate pieces off the board and just play the Union pieces against no one? Or do I make sure I get rather poor players to play the uh, white uh, pieces there, and that way they will always lose? Uh, I'm not quite sure what I do with this. These are difficult times. What are my options now? Do we purge the textbooks of the Vietnam War? I barely escaped the Vietnam War, and I am not unhappy that I did. I thought it was an unjust war, and I was sure I was going to be killed. But what do we do with that? Do we learn from it? Do we learn how it was started, under what premise it was started, under really John Kennedy, and how it escalated with hawks, and we then fought with one hand behind our back, and we used napalm, and on and on it goes. I was in Hanoi last year on a vacation. So what do we do about Vietnam? Pretend it never existed? We're still buying Fords last time I looked. Henry Ford was a virulent anti-Semite. Distributed booklets and pamphlets that were hugely anti-Semitic. Not close. Both Lindbergh and the Duke of Windsor, who the former king, before he uh, abdicated for Wallace Simpson, both the Duke of Windsor and Lindbergh were heavy Nazi sympathizers. They just didn't want to stay out of the war. They both met Hitler and were Nazi sympathizers. So, by the way, should we stop listening to Richard Strauss, the great German composer, who is also a virulently anti-Semitic, pro-Nazi kind of guy? Should we uh, rename Lindbergh Airport? I think it's in St. Louis someplace. Take the old spirit of St. Louis out of the Smithsonian or wherever it's hanging? You know, Aristotle favored slavery. The Greeks had slaves. Some could become citizens, some not. Aristotle, of course, over, what, 3,000 years maybe, has uh, donated wisdom to us, along with his acolytes. What do we do with these people? If you remove every figure from memory, for every flaw, there's no one left. We have people pulling down statues of George Washington who can't spell George Washington. We have people pulling down statues of Washington, the war hero, the brave leader of people in war, who themselves have never served in the military but are adept at playing war games on Xbox. Grant shook Lee's hand at Appomattox, gave humanitarian peace terms, which Lincoln endorsed, and everyone went back to civilian life. Lee went on to become president of a university. Was that a bad precedent? Should Lee have been shot or jailed or tortured? By the way, for those of you who didn't get history in school, which is a growing number of people, the Democrats throughout the Civil War favored settling with the Confederates. They wanted two countries, and they were happy to have slavery com- uh, completely uh, available and legal to continue in the southern states. McClellan, a Union general, ran against Lincoln on that basis in his second term. Thankfully, Vicksburg and Gettysburg came along. 
Why should we allow the Democratic Party to exist today? They were anti-abolitionists during the war. They were in favor of slavery. They wanted to settle. They were primarily the carpetbaggers of the post-bellum South. Why should we listen today? Isn't the party doomed? Or have they changed? Do people change? You know, we want to do away with VJ Day here, which is Victory in Japan Day. It's now called Victory Day. Rhode Island is one of the last states, maybe the last, to, se- to celebrate Victory in Japan Day. There used to be a Victory in Europe Day and a Victory in Japan Day, where we celebrated the end of the war and being victorious. And of course, we're now at peace with those past enemies, and they are great allies of us, Japan and Germany and so on. Why can't we do the same with our internal past enemies? You know, as a Democratic president, FDR, who interred Japanese Americans in prison camps. There's that party again. This isn't a partisan broadcast. I'm just pointing out, if you get rid of everyone with any flaw, with any political incorrect affiliation, there is no one left. Do you know how stupid this has become? Some people are objecting to honoring Harriet Tubman. She helped slaves through the Underground Railway to escape the South. But the claim is she didn't set them free enough. They had to work for wages for people in the North. A black newscaster was rejected by two black colleague newscasters to work on a documentary because the rejected black uh, newscaster was deemed not black enough. They want to disparage Grant, who won the Civil War, which resulted in about 800,000 deaths thereabouts, to end slavery. So smacks of McCarthyism in the worst possible way. For those of you who understand neither McCarthyism nor socialism nor anarchy, given the poor schooling you've received, I suggest you use Google. Now, don't worry, McCarthy was a Republican. He was repudiated by a Republican, Dwight Eisenhower, when he was president, a general who I guess you can name a military post after today, not all of them anymore. And he was refuted by Edward R. Murrow back when journalism was objective and didn't take sides, but just reported the news. Someone in the Black Lives Matter movement, one of their spokespeople, is advocating the vandalism and destruction of Catholic churches, Catholic churches in particular, but all Christian churches, and a dozen have since been damaged since he made this call. Because Jesus is depicted, in his mind, in these churches, as white. Now, I've been in churches with black populations where Jesus was black, and Jesus actually was Aramaic. He was, therefore, I would assume, a person of color. But Jesus, God, well, we're created in God's image, supposedly. But I guess defunding theology goes along with defunding the police. If you want to create anarchy, if you're a Marxist, you don't want any social institution intact. You want complete chaos. Remember what that famous reporter said, or maybe he was a minister, I forget, But in Nazi Germany, he said, they came for the Jews, and I wasn't worried because I wasn't a Jew. And they came for the socialists, and I wasn't worried because I wasn't a socialist. They came for the homosexuals, but I wasn't worried because I wasn't a homosexual. But then they came for me, and there was no one left 
to protect me. That was Nazism. What happens if there's no one left to protect us from tyrants? To protect us from the self-imposed, the self-exalted, narcissistic moralists. Looting, arson, throwing projectiles, property damage are not protected by the Constitution. Peaceful protest certainly is. But it's not free speech when you're out to destroy the government, to burn down buildings, to steal, and to hurt people. The job of any government, including these mayors who are allowing a lot of this to happen, is to protect the citizens. This is free speech. What I'm engaged in here, there's a big difference. And that's the uncomfortable truth. (laughs) 